moment that you have been waiting for. Please welcome today's Grand Marshal and top UAW Administration Assistant to Vice President General Holyfield, Mr. John Byers, as he says the most famous four words in motorsports. Gentlemen, start your UAW engines. All right, welcome into another edition of the Upstreet Podcast. Tyler Head, Dalton Mullinex. With you as always, coming off the third points race of the Cup Series season, the Pennzoil 400 out at Las Vegas. And for the third straight race to start the season, Chevrolet finds its way back into victory lane, this time with William Byron of Hendrick Motorsports. And while it looked like it was going to go Larson's way there until that last caution, William Byron dominated this race, won the first two stages. You know, this is his, what, fourth? fifth career win now we've never seen him look this good in a race that he was able to finish off with the victory yeah and even in his wit at homestead you know that's been to the before this race that was his most you know dominant win um to this point in his young career but yeah he was he was on rails i mean from qualified outside pole i mean just just had it all going for him um and obviously we know well we knew the chevys would have you know, big time speed at the mile and a half. And it, it really showed. Well, I, as he won the race yesterday, I was thinking about the conversation that we're going to be having today. And I'm like, all right, in 2021, when he won at Homestead, we talked about this. When he won the two races early in the year at Martinsville in Atlanta last year, we talked about this. We're going to have the same conversation for the third year in a row. Is this finally the year that William Byron breaks out, wins multiple races and keeps his momentum going throughout the entire season? It's going to happen sometime, you know, and, and it may not be this year. This may be the only race he wins, but um, I will say, I mean, putting him and Rudy Fugel back together has been magic. Absolutely. You know, and I, I think, you know, that's changed the trajectory of his career already. Um, What that means for the rest of the season, I don't know, but he's in great equipment. He's a really good driver. He doesn't win at least three races this year. I think you just you you just it's kind of a head scratcher, you know. Last year it looked like a surefire thing. When wins Martinsville, wins Atlanta, should have won the Darlington Spring race until Logano bumped him out of the way. So he realistically should have been leading the series with three wins before the halfway point last year and just completely fell off cliff in the second half of the season was not a threat whatsoever, which when you look at what his teammates were doing, namely Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson winning races, competing for the championship, you know, having a strong second half of the year, it's like, you know, where does Byron pick up the slack here? And, you know, I think we all agreed when Rudy Fugel uh, joined up with him two years ago that that was going to be the right combination. And again, they've now won four races together, but they can't seem to put the whole season together. And I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, is, you know, I mean, you look at it and you're, you obviously the big question is why, and we don't know the answer. Maybe they know the answer. Um, but I think it's one of those that you just, you build every year, you know, I mean, you, you like, like you said, you know, back in 2021, they won early in the season. Didn't win again. They won early twice last year. And I'm not going to say he's going to win three in a, you know, three early in the season, but it's one of those, it's like maybe that next step is to sustain success throughout the regular season. 
Then maybe next year you make a deep run in the playoffs. Then maybe the next year you're the champion. But like, we, we forget how young he is. He feels like he's been around for forever. Right. But, you know, he's still a young dude. Um, so I think that's part of it, too, is it's just, you know, he's still learning how to make his way in the sport. Right. Well, for the rest of Hendrick Motorsports, it was a very good day overall. Kyle Larson looked like he was going to win the race until the late caution came out. Barrick Almarola, Alex Bowman was up there. They were running one, two, three for a lot of this race. Um, so certainly Hendrick's got some things figured out and Chevrolet as a whole um, has things figured out. I'd love to have the results in front of me as we're talking about this, but racing reference, which has recently been taken over by NASCAR has been dropping the ball on, uh, getting their things updated on time. So unfortunately I don't have the full race rundown in front of me at this moment. Yeah, that's, it's been an issue for sure. So, but anyway, it's a great day for Hendrick Motorsports from those three drivers fronts. The nine car is a little bit of a different story. And this is the big story of the entire weekend coming out on um, Friday afternoon while Xfinity and truck qualifying and practice and all that stuff were taking place. Chase Elliott breaks his tibia uh, snowboarding out in Colorado last week, has to go into surgery on Friday, is out now. Apparently he's back home recovering, supposed to start some physical therapy this week, but it looks like he's going to be out for at least the foreseeable future. And they tapped Josh Berry to drive the nine car on Sunday, had some issues, finished, I think, two laps down. Again, I don't have the results in front of me to reference that at the moment, um, but a big blow to the nine team with the most popular driver in the entire sport being out for who knows how many weeks now. It Yeah, it's not one of those, it's like, oh, he bummed his knee up, he'll be out for two weeks, and then everything will be good. It sounds like he could be out for a substantial amount of time. Now, and I was going to say, this is not as, as significant of a leg break as what Kyle Busch had in 2015. Correct. Bush ended up missing 11 races, but it is a significant enough injury that's going to keep him on the shelf for a little while. Yeah, I mean, and you look to it, you know, obviously he's not going to be accumulating points. Mm-hmm. You know, I assume NASCAR is going to give him a waiver. Yeah, um, they will. I know, I know there's been controversy about that. And regardless, I don't I don't care if it was Corey LaJoy or, or Rick Ware cars. I don't care who it is. Yeah. You know, it, it, it what, I don't know. I, it's been interesting to see kind of the backlash that he's gotten a little bit. Yeah. You know, because it's it's well, he he needs to wrap himself in a bubble and not do anything. Um, I thought, and obviously, one of the guys has recently had. I say recently, it's been gosh, nearly it's been eight years now. But like when Kyle Busch missed significant time, mm-hmm. you know, and he said when he negotiated, he was I think he was talking to Claire Lang, um, and was talking about you know what advice do you have to chase? Do you think you'll get a waiver? Do you think guys shouldn't do things during the season and like Kyle said, he had the conversation with with Joe Gibbs, and he was, you know, Joe Gibbs was like, "Well, I don't want you doing this, this, and this because you can get hurt." Yeah. And Kyle, was like, I got hurt in your car. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is like, you, you do forget they're humans, or I do. I mean, you really do. You, you see them, you see them as competitors. You see them as a race car driver. You you don't see them as, oh, Chase was out on the West Coast and just, you right. know, wanted to have a good time with the boys and going snowboarding. Like right. that, that sucks that he's hurt. It sucks. He's going to miss time. It affects everything, but right. you can't expect them to pause their life for the next 20 years. Yeah. And, and 
I understand people on the other side of the argument playing devil's advocate because you look at other professional sports, baseball, basketball, football, where a lot of these guys have the clauses in their contract. Like, hey, hey, you can't go and do X activity during the season or during the offseason because you risk injury. I think about Ron Gant with the Braves in the 90s who broke his leg riding a dirt bike when he was not supposed to be riding a dirt bike. Like Those kind of things are pretty prevalent throughout other sports. But NASCAR has always been a little bit different in that regard because while it is something that takes it does take a physical toll on your body. You're not running, you're not jumping, doing those kind of things. We've seen plenty of drivers race while hurt with broken legs, with, you know, uh, torn ACLs, you know, broken arms, like all kinds of things where it's just never really been the same kind of deal. Um, but I'm with you. I'm a firm believer that these drivers should be able to go out in there that live their lives, especially now when we talk about you know, when the season started at Daytona a couple of weeks ago, they get one off weekend until November and that comes in the middle of June. So, you know, if Chase Elliott wants to hang out with his friends, he's having to do it on a Tuesday or Wednesday in the middle of the week out in Colorado. Like you have to have time set aside to be able to live your life and do the things you want to do. And from everything that I've read and heard, Chase Elliott's a very experienced snowboarder. It's not like he's doing this for the first time because somebody dared him to, or he thought it would be fun. Like he's done this a bunch, you know, if, if, if he was, you know, saying, I'm going to go skydiving tomorrow. I've never done it before, but I think it would be cool. Like, okay, that's maybe a little bit more of a concern. But um, if I'm a team owner, I say, okay, this guy has experience doing this. I'm not, and again, an accident can happen at any point in time, driving a car, walking around your house. Like you're never fully protected from something bad happening. Um, again, it's just an unfortunate situation. Um, but but I, like you, believe that these guys shouldn't be put in a bubble and on a shelf just because they're race car drivers they need to be able to experience and have fun too right yeah and that that's the thing is i mean it, it's unfortunate that he's gonna miss you know it sounds like at least a month um you know maybe more time you hope that his physical therapy goes well at the end of the day like i mean i i saw again people just give hot takes it's, it's, it's friday was hot take city yes. on now twitter um and but like my thing is like Seriously, if he can't, if he doesn't get healed up, I'm no doctor, I don't claim, I don't, I don't try to be one, but like, you right. know, say something that is physical therapy and it's just not healing right. You know, at the end of the day, look, I want him to win the championship as bad as any other Chase Elliott fan out there this year, but like, sure, his health needs to be number one. Like, it's completely different, but for whatever reason, I think of Kurt Bush all the time. Yep. How bad I just feel for him. And like, cause, he still is not cleared to race from his concussion. And again, I understand they're completely different injuries. I get it. But like, sure. that's part of it. Like, the, again, these are, you know, what if, I mean, that's the thing. Like I, I sit here and, you know, what if I broke my tibia? Right. You know, I think I do a desk job, you know? So it's like, yeah. it, it does. I mean, I'd put, I'd strap my boot on, go to work. But like, sure. you know, if, if I broke my arm, well, how am I going to tap on the keyboard? You know, it's just, you again you just forget these people are humans right you know they have lives outside of the car and outside of the racetrack and you know it impacts them i mean it yeah. definitely does um i mean at this point you just you hope and pray that he he gets better and um he returns when he's healthy and, and ready to go and, and you know he's in good medical care he'll he'll be he'll be working at it and hungry to get back right so looking at the schedule let's just assume Chase Elliott is out for the rest of the month. So he'd miss Phoenix. He'd miss Atlanta. He'd miss um, Circuit of the Americas. And you could theoretically have him coming back 
for um, you know Richmond at the beginning of April. But I look at some of the races that are um, you know coming up after that, specifically, specifically at Talladega, where you have a risk of getting caught in a, in a big wreck there. Um, you know, Sonoma's coming up in June. That's a track that requires a lot of footwork. Now, I believe it was his left leg was what he broke the tibia on. So when you're talking about braking and gas and braking, all that stuff at road courses, that kind of stuff certainly comes to effect. And Chase Elliott being the prolific road racer that he is, I do question if that would have an effect on it. Um going forward clearly he's gonna be in a good car when he gets back in Kendrick Motorsports certainly has the speed so I don't doubt that um you know he's gonna have the ability to have the speed to win a race um but you know last year the playoff points saved him as outside of that win at Talladega he didn't really do much of note in the playoffs and still made the final four but you're obviously you're not gonna be able to win the regular season championship it's almost impossible that you're gonna be in the top 10 in points to get those bonus points at the end of the regular season you know unless he just goes on a tear in the middle of the summer we're talking about him potentially being one of the lower seeds in the playoffs a situation that he hasn't really been in at least in the past handful of years in his career yeah and, and that's the thing is like this is again like at the end of the day, his health is most important. But like, this has huge ramifications down the line. Yes, it, this is not just a you know. A lot of people are like, "Well, that's the penalty he deserves." Well, I think that's wrong. That's just an opinion. Um, but like, you know, I, it's his playoffs hopes. Yeah, like you said, you know, it's not just well, he's gonna miss the next six races, then he'll return. Everything will be, you know, everything will be happy go lucky. Right. No, I mean, those six races. He's again. He's not having. He's not getting points. Yeah, yeah. And I think about it from uh, you know, if anybody would be upset about this happening, it would definitely be sponsors. You know, Napa Auto Parts. You know, Unifirst, Hooters, like these brands that pay the big money to be the most popular driver sponsor because they expect him to be running up front and competing for wins. And you know, if Josh Berry's in the car for six weeks and he continues to run like he did on Sunday, they're certainly not getting their same, you know, return on investment. And that brings up the next question. Josh Berry was tapped to drive on um, Sunday at Las Vegas. Now it was a lot of people would assume it would be Justin Allgaier. Apparently it was his anniversary weekend. So maybe that was the reason why they decided not to choose him, but they have not yet named the replacement for this weekend at Phoenix. And they're, hoping to do that before the hollow leaves tomorrow. So this time, 24 hours from now, we should know who it is, but there's a lot of speculation that it might be a very, very surprising name. And I, I mean, do you throw a Jimmy Johnson in there considering he's back in the cup series, not trying to get your hopes up or anything like that, but they have the potential. And again, I kind of go back to that deal with, you know, your sponsors not getting the return on investment. Do you take the risk of putting a big name in there just for the publicity alone? Well, I, I don't think there's any way it's Jimmy. I would be shocked just because now that he's, you know, a co-owner in the series, right. um, they'd be like, hey, Tony, do you care to come run this Hendrick car this weekend? You know, it's like Tony Stewart's not coming. And, and I get that's kind of a stretch, but um, I don't think it's Jimmy. But yeah, the fact that I want to say I was looking earlier and Bob Pockers tweeted and said that um Barry was on the lineup and then he wasn't on the lineup. And, yeah. You know, obviously I, we both thought it had been all guyer, but sure. he had at the wedding anniversary and that's, that's all fine and dandy. But I, I mean, I, I was trying to think like outside the box in the most outside of the box I got was Jeff Gordon. But like, I just, I could, I like, I'm just crazy. Right. 
I don't think Jeff Gordon would do it purely for one. He hasn't driven a cup series car in now seven years. And the, cause you know, Jimmy's been out of the car for a couple of years now, but he's been driving any car. He's been consistently racing the past couple of seasons. And yes, the next gen car is a lot different, but still, you know, keeping your repetitions and racing is important. Um, I don't think Jeff Gordon would set himself up to potentially look bad and be embarrassed if he jumps in a next-gen car and runs 30th. Like, I just don't see that happening. Um, going to Phoenix this weekend, all guy would make the most sense in the world, given how good he is at Phoenix, and he does have experience driving a next-gen car last season. Um, but again, like this speculation of we don't know who it is yet leads me to believe they're going to do something that might surprise us. So, okay, I'll, I'll put you on the spot here. Okay. 24 hours now, who do you think it's going to be? 24 hours from now, who do I think it's going to be? Oh, goodness, that's a tough question. Because I don't think you bring anybody out of retirement. Like, Yeah, I. Th- like, but it, the thing is, like, if it was going to be Josh Berry, you would have – Like, I feel like Jeff Andrews, when they had their press conference on Saturday, I think it was, Yeah, would not have just been like, yeah, Josh is our guy – or we'll have Josh – I feel like you already – and I know you have to work through sponsorship loops and all that stuff. I get it. Sure. But like, I feel like you are already known. Yeah. Well, the four drivers for JRM in the Xfinity series are Barry Allgaier, Brandon Jones, and Sam Mayer. I think we can go ahead and cross out Sam Mayer and Brandon Jones. Neither of them have driven a cup car. Sam Mayer is only like 20 years old. That's, that's not on the table. The debate would be between Barry and Allgaier. But again, if they were going to do that, they probably would have done that already. Yeah. But like, I don't know outside of, which again, I don't think they would do outside of a Jimmy, a Jeff or a Dale, like where, where else are you going to pull from? Yeah. yeah. I, just, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't either. And that's the thing. Like, again, it, it's just Chase's uh, most popular driver. Like I agree with what you said. Like, maybe they want to add a little publicity with this. Yeah. Uh, and Josh, Barry and Justin Algar don't add publicity to that car. And that's fine. They're great race car drivers. That That's beside the point. But again, I just can't, th- it's just, it's a weird spot to be in. I, I just and truly have no idea. I mean, with the next gen car being only in its second season, there's only a handful of guys that aren't already going to be racing on Sunday that have experience driving a next gen car. Right. So, I mean, right. You call up Parker Kligerman? I don't know. Like that's so, that's something outside the box, but he he's driven the car before. Yeah, I mean that that was a that was actually a name I saw on Twitter, and I didn't know if it was just because of the. I mean, Parker seems like a great dude, and you know, could he which, do it? By the talk about the opportunity of a lifetime if he did. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, I don't know. Like, and this was one. I, I, while we're all, we're just keep him going further down this rabbit hole right here for a second. Because uh, it, it's it's not unprecedented what's happening, but it's yeah. it's not not usual either. Um, a name I read was Corey LaJoy, but there's no way Spire would let him go and race for Hendrick Motorsports, right? Yeah, I saw that name get floated out there, and there's certainly a relationship there as the Hendrick guys drive the Spire right. second truck. Um, you know, they did that on and off um, last season. The one thing people compared that to is when David Reagan filled in for Kyle Busch in 2015, because Reagan was already running for front row. They plucked him and put him because he had, um, you know, he had a, well, no, he hadn't started driving Toyotas at that point in time. 
because no, 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 he was driving for um, Michael Waltrip. So he was already in a Toyota affiliate car at that point in time. They plucked him from that car, put him in the 18, ran a handful of races, then like Eric Jones filled in the last one at Kansas, I remember. That's the only other instance I remember that happening. Um, and I know Corey LaJoy, when the um, when Jimmy's seat was up in the air before before he retired, like he wrote like a letter to Mr. Hendrick or something like that. So um, that's the only like connection I could see there. But I and look, I like Corey LaJoy a lot. He had a great run last weekend at Auto Club Speedway, but nothing about what he's done at the Cup Series level has said, yeah, give him a chance in the nine car. Like it just doesn't right. make sense to me. Right. I don't know. I'm intrigued, though. I, I'm. I, I think that, and this thing's to be funny when it's like, oh yeah, Justin Allgaier run it this weekend. Yeah, sorry, like, why don't you speculate so much if yeah. you're just going to do the obvious? Yeah, but I mean, either way, I mean, it, it just it's going to be an opportunity for someone. Yeah, yeah, and again, we don't know how long this is going to be, so I imagine it's just going to be a week by week basis. Um, now you could certainly just say, hey, Allgaier is going to fill in until Chase comes back, or take it week by week, and depending on what time type of track you're at, you you change it up. Um, I don't know. It's just, we've, we don't run into this situation a lot. Usually it's a very obvious, like, okay, you know, Kurt Busch is out or yeah, Kurt Busch is out. Ty Gibbs going to drive the car. Like, okay, that makes perfect sense. Um, you know, Bob Wallace is out now. Okay. John Hernemichek is going to get the car, you know, so on and so forth. Gregson filling in for Bowman, those kind of things. But it's like, now it's almost Tuesday and now we're still speculating, like something's going on here and I just don't know what it, what it is. Right. Um, jumping back into the race on Sunday, though, there's so much hype around these mile and a halfs with the next gen car now. And this one, admittedly, wasn't certainly wasn't one of the best. Um, Byron dominated pretty much the entire race. You had some good racing there in the late in the um, last stage, particularly in the last restart. But it does concern me um, that now these teams have gotten a grip on this next gen car they've dialed in the setups we're not seeing the parity in the top 10 that we saw through the first handful of races last year it's the usual suspects you know motorsports you get a Kevin Harvick up there with Stuart Haas Gibbs Forge is struggling a little bit right now but you see Logano and Blaney jumping up there in the top 10 like I I, I hope we haven't seen the end of the good racing at these tracks um because we're in our second year now yeah I'm not ready to write it off yet after one race um but I do agree with you in the fact that it wasn't as good of a race as it was there last year. Yeah. Is that due to the car and, and these teams having a better idea of it? Probably. Sure. Um, but I think too, that the next true mile and a half that we go to, it'll be a completely different story. Cause they, they probably learned something this weekend. They're going to try, they're going to figure it out. Somebody's going to figure it out better than you. And yeah. you'll, that's the thing that I do love about NASCAR is it, it's constantly evolving and teams are figuring new things out. So it's always, sure. you gotta, you, you're always trying to learn and try to be better. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, I know, I think it was Larson that mentioned it after the race, it was unseasonably cool for, yes. I guess it was in like the fifties or sixties. Yeah. So that certainly could have an effect because it's usually much hotter, um, you know, when NASCAR races there, so the track wasn't as slick and guys weren't sliding around and, um, it, it didn't seem as multi-grooved as it usually is. It was just kind of either the pick at the top or the bottom. Didn't seem like those middle lanes were working as well. So maybe that was just a coincidence. And, um, when we trying to think when the next true 
mile and a half is. I guess that would be uh maybe Kansas. Um, Kansas, yeah, not until May. Crazy. Um, because of, of course Atlanta is not a traditional mile and a half anymore. Um really? so, yeah, it'll be a little bit while before we kind of um, you know, see what happens with this. But on that note, we do go to Phoenix this weekend with the new short track package. So hopefully that can produce some uh, some good racing as well. Before we get to that, though, the Xfinity and Truck Series also in action over the weekend. Trucks on Friday night, Kyle Busch wins. No, no big story there. Um, and if you thought he was going to have a little bit of a time getting things back together now these with Chevrolet, that should have thrown that speculation out the window. Yeah, it was it was full on kbm i mean it was the truck was on rails you know you, you switch manufacturers like we talked about neither one of us picked him right. um that was a mistake uh but you know it's like thought there'd be a little bit of a learning curve well not when you got cow bush right um saturday afternoon the xfinity series race man this looked like this was chandler smith's coming out party and if it had been the alsco uniforms 298 he would have been in victory lane but unfortunately it was a 300 and austin hill got him on the last lap yeah great start to the season for austin hill mm -hmm. you know and, and chandler smith i will say that i, I was surprised that he, I, i've been surprised with how he's ran mm -hmm. i don't know if i don't know what's different with him year i don't know if it's but like for him to be as young as he is like hearing him talk on the radio he's got a very mature approach to it sometimes nice. sometimes he still has this little outburst that that just part of being young part of being dry whatever sure. um but i i think he's found a really good fit at colleague and i know it's only three races into into his tenure there but i, I think he's mm. found a good pitch there yeah and i think he's found his path to the cup series as well because he's 20 years old what almondinger's in his mid 40s at this point in time he's not going to run full time for you know another five to six seasons so i imagine that you know chandler smith is going to run you know two three four years in the xfinity series probably going to win a lot of races may even have a championship or two in, in the in that time um and then whenever they decide he's ready they're going to move him up to cup so i certainly applaud him for the path that he's found with colleague racing and i didn't expect him to have these kind of results so quickly. Um, and, and again, we've seen so many guys uh, come so close to winning the first race and make that one mistake. He said the car got away from him. He let us Austin Hill to his inside on um, three and four, and it kind of slipped through his fingers there. Um, but he's going to learn from that. He's going to be back sooner rather than later competing for another win before we know it more likely than not. Right. Uh, for Austin Hill, as you mentioned, great start of the season for him. This is his fourth career Xfinity series win, but you know, you look at those first three wins, two of them being at Daytona and the other one being at a uh, super speedway Atlanta, he was kind of getting typecast as, oh, he's a super speedway guy. Like, you know, look out for him there, but everywhere else, like he's in the top 10, but he's not a threat to the, to, to win the race. Now he's starting to change the narrative a little bit. Like, Hey, I can win these races anywhere. Don't count me out. Um, and I'm, you know, with, the likes of Gregson, Almondinger, or Ty Gibbs being gone. He's a guy that we talk about who's going to make up all those wins those guys had last year. He's certainly proven to be one of those guys. Right. So um, with that, we move on to Phoenix this upcoming weekend, just the Xfinity series and the Cup series in action. We're trying out this new rules package with the shorter spoiler, with the uh, taking a few pieces off of the rear diffuser. I really hope it works because if – this doesn't work. I don't know what else they can do for short tracks to fix it. They've kind of removed about everything they can remove. 
Yeah, at this point, they've, they've taken everything off. I mean, I'll say this. It's worth a shot. We, we talked about this when they announced it a couple of weeks ago. It may be the we may see the greatest racing Phoenix Raceway has ever seen. Yeah, it'd be terrible, but I applaud NASCAR for at least trying it. I mean, they recognized it wasn't working, so um, you know it's those saying if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, it was broke, so fix it. Yeah, um, yeah, and especially you know keeping an eye on Phoenix because this again is where you're going to crown the champion at the end yeah. of the year, and you know last year's championship race was just kind of eh. You know, I, th- I thought the spring race was a little bit better. You'd had an interesting battle with like uh, Briscoe, Reddick, and um, and Chastain towards the end of the race. But, um, you know, even like the first 300 some on laps of that were still pretty, eh, you know, which I mean, Phoenix isn't a Bristol or Martinsville where you're used to having just constant contact and all this great action consistently. But we've seen our fair share of decent to good Phoenix races. So we know this track is has the potential to do it. Um just got to hopefully, you know, put it back in the driver's hands a little bit and we'll, um, we'll see what happens. They did add a 50 minute practice session for, um, Friday afternoon. So hopefully we'll learn a lot there and, uh, we'll see what happens in the cup race on Sunday. Yep. So, um, trying to think, did you pick Byron to win Sunday? And you had, so I, like I told you last week, I can't not watch the race. So I, I was at a basketball game and, um, I I, I checked it and I saw Larson was leading with like three to go. I was because you picked Larson. Yeah. I was like, I'm about to go down seven nothing. Like this is brutal. And then that late caution, I got the win. So it's I'll four. You, you drained that one from uh, Beyond the Arc. Yeah, definitely right there. Um, so I, look, you'll take them any way you can get on this go around. Absolutely. So we start off with uh, Xfinity Series on Saturday. Last time we were there, it was Ty Gibbs getting the win um, in the fall. No, Gregson won this race back in the spring. Both those guys are gone. It's Allgaier's house. Can anybody else get it done besides him? I think it's him. You know, he he um, he knows the track so well. He's in the best equipment. Um, I will say, though, if he's announced as the fill-in for Chase, mm-hmm trying to learn the next gen car maybe it throws him off a little bit yeah. um for now since we don't know that's going to happen i'll pick him i go john hunter Nemechek. uh look we know gibbs brings great speed to all these tracks and um i mean john Nemechek again had a good car on uh sunday or on saturday at las vegas ended up falling out uh falling back a little bit um towards the later stages of that race but he's somebody that's going to be a week in week out threat similar to how ty gibbs was last season and i think this track just kind of fits his driving style yep uh cup series on sunday chevrolet has won all three races to start the season with three different teams now this is the first time we visited a track less than a mile and a half do the chevys keep on rolling or does another manufacturer step up i think they keep on rolling but i, I don't think they're going to get the win um, i'm actually going to go with the guy that tested there Okay. In the off, Tyler Reddick. Okay. Now, Reddick has had a disastrous start of the season through the first yep. two races. He, yes. he, he may have had the fastest car in the late stages of the race on Sunday. Ends up uh, getting into the wall a little bit and falling back. Um, we finally saw that flash speed bubble. Wallace had a great car at the end there, too. So, Toyota's definitely got something figured out. I don't think they're quite as good as the Chevys right now, but again, we'll see what happens um, in a short track type of environment. I'm sticking the Chevy camp though. I picked him to win at Auto Club. Came up a little bit short. He darn near won the championship last year at Phoenix. I'm gonna go with Ross Chastain. Yep. So, um, 
but yeah, just Chevy's got something figured out, which all the manufacturers got small little tweaks to their noses. Apparently Ford was supposed to have the best benefit and we've yet to, to see that yet. So I imagine they're not, not very happy about that, but outside of Kevin Harvick, just like pulling the dead weight of Stuart Haas racing right now, not too much going on for Ford now. So, um, we'll see what happens, but, uh, Excited to see the racing this weekend. Hopefully we get a good race and this package can do what it's intended to do. Um, we can continue rolling with a good season. So for Dalton Mullinax, I'm Tyler Head. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.